Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. There is a way of understanding, or as it is often said, there's a way of standing under that which is the future. And in our topic of this of this time which is you know 2022 the year of prayer and we're working with the soul as a as a commonality the soul that is common to us all which is what in fact, the soul is. The soul is omnipresent and omniscient. And we share that soul. When we are in awareness of love, the ocean that supports all life, that is the awareness of the soul that is common to us. And if we continue along the lines of what I was saying in the last class was the greatest pandemic on the earth right now is not, is not the coronavirus, it is depression. It's always been said that human beings are a social animal. And so the the harm that comes from becoming non-social is what is often referred to as an unintended consequence. So you take an action and then there are consequences of that action. And one of the consequences of that action are that we have taken over these last two years is isolation. And in that isolation, we do not have the incredibly important and nourishing interaction. You know, we can, we can do it as we're doing it here, which is important because I can reach all around the world in doing it virtually. But in a social setting to have all, you know, all classrooms and all social settings um, in isolation, there's this incredible visceral component that is missing. So it's not as important in the lives of adults, but it is vital 
it's a vital nourishment in the lives of children to be interactive. And that's one of the reasons why children have such a enormously strong immune system. The interaction is what gives them that enormously strong immune system. When I was growing up back in the 1950s, if someone in the school got the measles or the mumps, everybody went for a play date to that person's house so that everybody would get the measles and the mumps because that would make us all immune. So the idea of the natural immunity was something that was very much commonplace. It was common sense. That natural immunity is only one part of the importance of the interaction between children. There's a facial vocabulary as well as an intellectual vocabulary. And the facial vocabulary is what is being hidden by the masking. I'm not here preaching to don't wear masks and don't social distance. I'm saying that the process that we've gone through for the last two years has been most detrimental to the children. And we need to make that up to them. We need to figure out how education can be brought up to date so that we don't have people thinking that ADD is a disorder. It's not a disorder, it's a different order. It literally means that there's nothing that you are showing me that is attracting my attention. And that's a pathway into the future. Their attention is being attracted by something that is futuristic. And if all we're giving them is standard testing, that's not futuristic. That's just finding out if they can memorize. And not all children are inclined towards visual memorization. They say that the amount of books that are being consumed these days has had an astronomical jump because of the introduction of the recorded book. Some people cannot read books, but they can listen to books. Some people cannot listen to things, but they can feel things. Children are of all those different natures, but we've never been giving them according to their own nature. We have all been giving, always been giving them according to a standard protocol. And so as these past two years have had a, an extremely detrimental effect upon the children, particularly the teenagers, when they're between the ages of 12 and 18, that six-year period is stimulated by imagination and reconciled by the quest for adventure. And in today's world of standardized testing, social distancing, 
and all of the other protocols that have been put in place, we are not nourishing the future. We are not nourishing the children, and we are not even nourishing the child that dwells inside of each and every one of us, which is going to enable us to work and move into a future as adults. We must nourish the child inside of ourselves. We must nourish the playful nature inside of ourselves. We must nourish the inspirational nature. We must nourish the opportunistic nature. We must nourish the impulsive nature. This is what society, not just the last two years, but the last several hundred years, ever since we introduced the chase towards money, towards capital, that what are you going to do when you grow up? When you grow up, you need to get a good job and you need to have a good income so that you can pay your bills. And so this is a fabrication. I'm not saying that it's not a, a collective reality, but it's definitely not a universal reality. A universal reality is not about paying your bills. And I'm not saying ignore your bills. I'm saying a universal reality is, is, is pay attention. Increase your awareness. And pay your bills. Lord Krishna, in speaking with Arjuna, said, you know, it's not all about the search of the God-self. Some of it is about dealing with the world-self. And he continued in saying in the Bhagavad, in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, whew, that was a tongue twist for some reason, in the Mahabharata of the Bhagavad Gita, he said, we knew, we knew what we were going to enter into every moment of our existence. Before we came into existence, we had a roadmap of our existence. And this is what we exchange through our social interaction. What is your blueprint? What is my blueprint? How do our blueprints coincide? This is how we recognize, recognize, re-knowing. This is how we recognize each other. This is how we recognize each other. This is how we know each other. This is how we know each other. This is why we have strong bonds with certain of our fellow humans. Is because we've been through this before. We've been through all of this together before. And the ones that are most inclined toward this because they haven't been indoctrinated to erase all of that spontaneity, to, re to erase all of that impulsivity, to erase all of that inspiration and get serious. Let's get serious here. You know, I, 
I've been in so many meetings throughout my life in which I wanted to bring some humor into the meeting to lighten the meeting up. Think about that, lighten the meeting up, bring light into the meeting. And there's nothing more light-filled than hue more. It means more light. Hue means light, more means more. Hue more means more light. And when you get more light, you suddenly have this aha moment. And that aha moment becomes aha, ha, 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 ha. That's where laughter is born. And then somebody would always say, all right, Guru Singh, let's get serious here. Huh? Really? That's what it's about? Life is about getting serious, accomplishing, happens through getting serious. I don't think that it's wrong to get serious, but I think there needs to be a balance. I know there needs to be a balance. There needs to be a balance between seriousness and humor. There needs to be a balance between the light and the dark. There needs to be a balance between the day and the night, between the summer, the spring, the summer, the fall, the winter, and the spring. There needs to be balance. But what we are experiencing here in the world right now is a world that is completely out of balance. It is no longer associating with the omnipresence of the soul. And because the children are the new ones, they're the ones that are most unaffected by the let's get serious routine. They're the ones that are less affected by the focus and the drive to focus everything on capital gains. And they're the ones that are trying to explore the present to see where the pathways are into the future. And because right now, they are not having the ability to do that. That is why their pressure inside is reducing, whereas the pressure outside is increasing. And this is exactly what happens in the science of weather called meteorology. You have what is called a low pressure area. They call it a depression. And right now, depression is pandemic. And when depression gets to the point where there is no hope, a secondary pandemic comes into play, and that is suicide. And these are things which we must address. We must address the educational system. We must address the social interacting system. We must address all of these components because if we don't address them and we only address the circumstances around the virum, we are not in a balanced picture and there is no future. If we don't address the fact that we have accelerated the change in climate, human behavior has accelerated the natural shift in climate to the degree that when it shifts that rapidly, there's a lot of extinction that takes place because the natural process of evolution doesn't have the time 
to catch up with the changes that are being accelerated. And when we don't have evolution keeping up with the acceleration, that's when we have mass extinction. And because human behavior has been the highest accelerant in the last 300 years, we need to take a look at human behavior. And during those last 300 years, the educational process has not changed. I mean, yes, you can get special education, you can get much higher education, but I'm talking about, you know, preschool through 12th grade. It's all the same. It's identical to what it was in the 1700s, the 1800s, the 1900s. It's identical, but the entire world has changed. And so in order for us to bless the children, we need to address the children. We need to seek their counsel rather than just counseling them. We need to seek their counsel so that we can see through their eyes what are they looking at. They're looking at much greater distances in time than we are. A child of five years old has 120 years ahead of them because they will live 125 years naturally. We need to look out over those 120 years. We need to get in touch with the five-year-old and let the conversation die down from the giddiness of the circumstance that the 21st century exists in and begin to see out through their eyes, begin to have that Ericksonian vision, that hypnotic capacity to see without intellectually interfering with the vision. And that is when we begin to look through the eyes of the soul. We begin to look through the eyes of the soul. We begin to look through the eyes of that which is common to us all. And when we begin to look through the eyes of that which is common to us all, we begin to also see that which is common to us all, as opposed to that which is different in each one of us. And when we begin to see not that which is different, we reduce the bias. We reduce the intolerance. We reduce the bigotry. We reduce all of those things which are currently governing this planet. One of the things that we must look at when we look at you know, the viral load that is taking place is what is the frequency in which the greatest amount of virus lives? And then we need to have our lifestyles raise the frequencies of our physiology above the level in which the bacterium and the virum 
are so prolific. This is what naturopathic medicine is constantly working towards. We're not looking to cure disease. Yogic science is not looking to have competition with the allopathic science. We're looking to enable people's healthy patterns to be above disease. Because the natural state of physiology is ease. That's its natural state. And if we are working to be in our natural, in our most natural state, our state of ease, regardless of our environment, that is what we are in naturopathic alignment. That's when we are going to be healthy. And in that health, we are going to be joyful, which is the natural state of the emotional body. It is said that love is the joy of enjoying another's joy. And love is the ocean, the frequency of the ocean in which all life lives, all life dwells. And as we have that health in our physical world, our, that ease in our physical world, and we have that joy in our emotional world, our mental world becomes safe. And instead of looking for security, we begin curiously looking at infinity. And that is the path of enlightenment. And that is the path that the children are more aware of than the more seriously minded adults. And that is what the child in all of us needs to begin to adopt so that we truly bless the children, enable the children to become the future that they have brought to this solar system, to this planetary system, to this planet. That is a goal that we must endeavor to serve. And in order to do that, we need this interaction. We need to determine how our children can be interacting. And in doing so, they literally become the Masaya, which literally means when you are operating in all of the three neurological centers, you are not only able to experience your presence but you have full awareness of the future. And it's just like when you have full awareness of how to get somewhere, you don't get lost necessarily in getting there. And the present is a 
result of the angles, the angular nature of the past. And what happens in the present, whether it can change the angle or not, whether it wants to or not, will determine how the trajectory goes into the future. So you have something coming into the present and it has a direction, it has an angular direction. And if you don't change that angle, it remains on that angle and that becomes the future. The children are the ones that are in the present moment with the greatest ability to change the angle of what has been going on in the past so that if it's not healthy, it won't be repeated in the future. And that is the nature of what we need to produce in an educational system that is going to honor the vastness of the human quality that is most pure and unindoctrinated in the youth. It's what is called pedic, like a pediatrician is a doctor of that pedic state. Orthopedic means, ortho means structure, pedic means in that newborn state or in that early state of life. So returning the structure is what an orthopedic doctor wants to do. They want to return the ortho, the structure, to that pedic state. We need to look through the pedic eye, which is more aligned with the eye of God. The eye, well, God is an expression. Please excuse me if that offends you, because some people just don't relate to the word God. And I can appreciate that because it's been co-opted and, you know, there's, it's been branded and, you know, this is, this is God and this is my God and, you know, like all that. So let me rephrase that. It is looking through the eyes of the, of the greatest cosmic intelligence. And it's determining whether or not the angle that's coming in from the past is going to take life into an appropriate future. And if not, that pedic eye needs to have the authority, that self-authority, that self-realization to be able to slightly alter the angle so that it can produce a more benevolent future. That is what this Kriya is about. It's about putting us into that state of grace, putting us into that pedic state so that we can have that tolerance to be able to truly become impressed by what the past meant, what the, how the past was caused, and see whether that angle is going to be appropriate in the coming time. And if not, we shift it. Good job. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate the ability to have this communication. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.